And we're going, we don't need roads. Yeah. I'm telling you my story, man. Yeah. I'm drunk, show up. Beautiful, I'm drunk. Show me the money. Show me you the talk. Money. Give me two. Because yeah. it feels good right now. <laughs> yeah. Do me, do me, do me. Gotta show me the money. Yeah. Been around wealth, now I'm surrounded. Nice cars at the mansion, right next to the fountain. CEOs in business suits and private accountants. Yeah, summertime parties by the pool. Here we are, another episode of Off Topic with Two Drunk Guys. I'm Sean. And I'm Jason. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. Haven't seen you all week. Really? Yeah. I mean, not that that's always unusual, but. I tend to like to try and get you in twice a week. Yeah, I've uh, had a busy week actually and uh, luckily enough to watch a few films, which is good. What about yourself? I'm jealous. Uh, Yeah, I mean me, I'm always about TV, I guess, during the week. Mm. So uh, what did I do this week? I have almost finished Taboo. Oh, Tom Hardy, yeah? Yeah. What's that like? Uh, If he wasn't in it, I think I'd struggle to get all the way through it. Yeah, so he has a presence and... Keeps yeah. you going. Now, but with that said, with that said though, if he plays another grumbling, you know, sort of mysterious mumbling, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you come he does it so house, well, though, right? And I'll kill you. It's pretty much what he says all the time. Yeah. If he does that again in another role, then I might start turning off Tom Hardy. He does it. Ooh, big call. Well, look, he does it wonderfully, right? Yeah. He's really good at it. Yeah. But it just comes a time when I just want to see something different. Now, do I want to see him in a notebook? No, you don't. But he, he did a film not long ago called uh, Lock. Yeah, did you uh, just like I haven't actually seen that. Mm, it's set in one, literally in one car. He's in the, it's in the car the whole time. And he has this uh, very strange kind of mixed um, Indian-Asian accent. It's quite strange, but... He's he actually articulates is where I was where I was going. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's good to know. Yeah, I uh, I really liked him in um, is it Warrior? Loved him in Warrior because yeah. he played a UFC fighter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and that's he what just... he was. Yeah, I had a friend of mine who actually commented on Warrior when when he saw the film and said um, Joel Edgerton was you know really good and the other guy the UFC guy he was. He was okay, but he wasn't the best actor. I'm like, well, actually, that was Tom Hardy. That wasn't a USC <laughs> fighter. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Fooled you. Hey, what era is uh, Taboo set in? Uh, it is – they spoke about Sydney, Australia. Um, so, it's – I think it's like 1820-something. I'm making that up. I'm really making that up. Well, I feel um, it's 1800s, yeah. 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 It's somewhere, it's somewhere in there. Um, because they spoke about taking uh, a couple of people to Sydney, Australia, to the convict lands and all that sort of stuff. Oh, okay. But anyway, look, it's it's so that dark. was 1788. Um, look, uh, the English do their TV shows really well. They yeah, do. Yeah, even the ones that a lot of people don't hear about, they're mm. just sort of, um, you know, another cap off the rank type film. Uh, they're great. They look like films. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know why Australia can't replicate that sort of... Quality. Well, I think the UK have their certain flavour, like they have a BBC flavour to it. And I guess we own the, you know, uh, Home and Away Neighbours kind of, uh, yeah, that, that we, kind of soapy drama. That, yeah. yeah, and that's, that goes all around the world and very successful. 
it's true. Uh, you know, the British version, I don't ever really see here. Hollyoaks. Have you heard of that? Hollyoaks? Sorry. So Hollyoaks is a remake of what? No, it's just, a like, a, it's just like a British oh, right. uh, cereal. Soapy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, soapy. Um, and there's another East Ender one, which is really famous, but in England, because I haven't heard about Coronation it. Coronation Street? Yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> Coronation Street. I think it, yeah. Anyway, Taboo, uh, you know, I, I do recommend it uh, if you like Tom Hardy. Uh, it it does have, obviously, a certain quality. I mean, a lot of the um, the the co-stars are all from films you've seen before. Uh, so, you know, you recognize a lot of people in there and the dialogue's very good. So, yeah, uh, you know, I'd suggest that if you get a chance to watch it, do so. Okay. So what do you reckon? How many episodes does it have? Do you know? Or? Uh, I think it's 10. Okay. I'm so is it worth... Nine. Okay. So where, where do we need to get to? Is it uh, give it three episodes, four episodes, two? No, you know what? This is one of the ones that I fell into in the first two Straight episodes. Up. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. First episode was good. Watched it with a friend. Uh, my friend didn't come back to it, but that's not unusual. And, uh, and then I watched it about two weeks later, which is this week. And then I watched the rest of it. Right. Um, besides whatever the last episode is. Mm. So after this tonight, you know what I'm doing. <laughs> Wrapping it up. <laughs> and what else? Anything else? Yeah, so I watched a lot, of, a lot of John Oliver last week tonight. Yep, love John Oliver. Yeah, I just I got a new subscription. What was uh, he talking about this week? Uh, well, I've I watched. Oh, you know, I don't know whether I should say this because uh, I'm. I watched about twenty episodes. Oh wow! Yeah, holy dooly! Yeah, I. I How long do they go for? Like some of so, them are forty minutes, aren't they? Yeah. I I watched so many episodes that I didn't watch Preacher. Right. I didn't watch any of my sort of usual current shows. They're all sitting there. <laughs> do, yeah. do you have a Do we have a problem here or? Uh, no, because it's finished now. <laughs> uh, until until the next um, series, so I'm okay. I'm all right. Uh, but you know, I love him. He's 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 very funny, and it keeps me up to date a little bit, I guess. But yeah. you know, he's he's more about comedy. Uh, with letting us know a little bit about what's going around the world. Current affair, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I just wanted to bring up is Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, uh, I don't know exactly when it all happened, but certainly over the last week on social media, I'm sure everyone out there has seen it. Yeah, um, showing his face again after a while. and Which is a, a good sign for Jim mm. Carrey fans. Yeah. Excellent. Except that... A bit of cray-cray in there. He's a little cray-cray, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a worry. Yeah, uh, I've, I've heard a few sort of theories thrown about. Um, and I guess my personal opinion, maybe, you know, he's either readying himself for a, a film. He's going... Uh, full method. Full method. Hopefully. For Scientology. Because that's where it, like, a lot of the things that he's been saying sort of come from oh, that area. okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I like that one. I like that theory. Yeah. What other theory, theories do we have? Uh, I've heard, you know, prescription drugs. I think you're, yep. you were backing something like that. Yes. Possibly. You know, th- anyway, look, I could, you could talk about what it might be, I guess, all night. But uh, let's just hope that, you know, uh, if he does need all the help, okay. he gets help. Yeah. Mm. And if it's all just um, man on the moon and it's just one big trick, uh, <laughs> then... I hope he's, he's had laughing. a rough couple of years though, so uh, yeah, that's what scares me a little bit. You know what I mean? That it could be more serious and than fun. Yeah. All right, uh, but you know that's pretty much for me. I mean, John Oliver took up most of my week. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you get to see anything? Well, no, John Oliver. No time for that. But I do actually watch quite a lot. Um, so we'll go through and we'll fly by and you say stop if you want to talk about something in particular. <laughs> but um, So the first one I watched uh, earlier on in the week was I Am Heath Ledger documentary. I just recorded that, yeah. Oh, good, yeah. So it was on free-to-wear TV here in Australia and I didn't even realise that, to be honest. And, uh, yes, I was able to watch it on Catch Up app, uh, the Catch Up app. And, yeah, as expected, brilliant and very sad. It is, is it? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you're just looking at uh, what a legend he was and how brilliant he was. And similar to Whitney Houston's doco that just came out a couple of months ago, you're just watching this pure talent on screen and, and, you know, their lives end far too early. Yeah. Have you seen the Amy Winehouse? Yeah, it's very similar to Amy as well. That was a good one. Very good. Yeah, all three of them are are excellent documentaries, but um, they're just sad because, you know, they're all rich talent gone too early. So I watched that. I watched uh, It for the second time. For the second time? Yeah. Excellent. And I love that again. You love it again, okay. Yeah, yeah, no no problems there at all. And obviously uh, it was the film that we did the box office review on last <laughs> week and I know we'll probably cover it in our box office uh, chat, but it, the first bloody film we do and it's going to be the number one <laughs> horror film of all time. It's looking good for my end anyway, but yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I might have a pass on this one. I mean, there's a difference between, you know, the number fifth film of all, to all time or whatever. That's going to be the number one horror film of all time. Does Can it hurt to, to know that in my head I was thinking it was going to be the number one horror film of all time? And this is where the podcast end. <laughs> um, no, I had no idea. I mean, what my TV go-to, I'm, I'm a little bit different on TV. I like um, I like film uh, TV that's a little more of escapism and a little bit lighthearted. So I'm watching uh, Atypical, which is a Netflix um, original. Yeah, someone tried to force me to watch that. Yep, yep. Uh, it's about a boy on the uh, spectrum with uh, autism, and look, it's it's done in a way that's you know, relatively humorous and and just light. Yeah, uh, and it's great that it's bringing. Um, that to the surface as well, uh, that condition. But yeah, it's uh, so I'm watching that. I'm really enjoying that. Um, from movies' point of view, I watched a few movies during the uh, work hour, which was um, I was invited to, which was nice. <laughs> I was going to say, did you have an extended, uh, you know, bathroom break? <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, Heath Ledger, I, I watched on my own time, but uh, I was invited to watch uh, the Man Who Invented Christmas, which is an icon film starring Dan Stevens, which you'll remember. Recently from uh, Beauty and the Beast, he was the Beast. Yeah, right. Yeah, I love, I love Dan Stevens. He was in The Guest and and uh, a few other things. And so that was uh, – and it's also uh, Christopher Plummer is in it as well. And Christopher Plummer plays uh, Scrooge. Yeah, I just I just feel we don't really need to speak about this film. No, not really. Um, we'll move on. <laughs> but it was about – I don't want to hurt uh, your feelings or anything. <laughs> it was about uh, Charles Dickinson, uh, Dickens and, and he's, when he wrote um, – a Christmas Carol. Okay, yeah. Oh, great. Hmm. Uh, and it'll go in with a lot of other biopic films, which I'll see in transit. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Look, it comes out in uh, November, late November. Is it is a biopic? No. No, it's it's a f- feature film. Yeah. Yeah, uh, feature film. So the next one I watched uh, was back-to-back, actually. The next one was The Florida Pro- Project. The Florida Project. And that was uh, from the director of a, a movie a couple of years ago, if anyone remembers, called Tangerine. And that was shot on an iPhone 6. It was famous for being shot on an iPhone 6 completely. Yeah, like um, hookers on the corner. Yeah, tran- transvestites. Yeah. yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, transgender. So, Did uh, you watch that movie? Yes. Well, is it 
like worth watching, or is it just because it's shot on iPhone six? No, it's a very good. It's a very good film. But <clears throat> excuse me. One one thing the director's famous for is he keeps it very real. Uh, the way he shoots is just very real, and yeah. and the Florida Project is uh, no exception. Um, it does have Willem Dafoe, which I know I think you like Willem. Dafoe, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, he's good. So it stars him as well, and and it's he really can kind get of crazy quickly. Yeah, that's why he's really good in this. It's quite real again, and but this is actually what's interesting about this. I won't harp on it too much, but it's actually through the eyes of um, kind of five, six, seven year olds. So it is kind of a coming of age, but it's not like that thirteen. 14 it's actually younger and i don't i can't remember a film that's actually really been shot about that age is it like found footage stuff i know it's not found footage but is it shot by um you know uh the the actors in the film or is it like an actual cameraman no it's not it's not handheld um it's actually just the the way uh, the director shoots is just kind of following them in a day in the life okay so it's just very much about life and you know situations anyway uh, for those who do like their kind of slightly more art house or indie that's certainly something you uh, might want to look out for that comes out in November as well and then I watched uh, yesterday I watched a movie called Mother which is uh, Darren Aronofsky's uh, new film with Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem right I just very quickly oh Mother yeah sorry I didn't recognise it because uh, I think it's actually pronounced Mother yeah, well, it's it's mother exclamation mark. So yeah. it is mother. Yeah, mother, <laughs> mother. Yeah, mother. true. <laughs> it, I mean, that gets old pretty quickly, but it was fun for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was alright. So uh, yeah, it is mother, and uh, <laughs> it deserves its fucking exclamation mark. That's all I'll say. Yeah, good. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pick that up next week so we can. Uh, Look let's have a it. yeah. Let's have a closer look and review next week on that one. Yeah, great. Uh, there'll be a lot of talk about that film. Yeah, good. Good or bad. Uh, obviously, I watched the Bachelor, uh, the Bachelor finale, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, and apparently the winner was leaked three, four weeks ago. Um, I saw a few people online. I, I don't know why I talk about this because I just don't care. I really don't. Yeah. I'm a sucker for it. I don't know why. I, lo- I love the reality. But you work in that industry. <laughs> I, do, I do work and I, I could work on that show. Yeah. Um, but, I, well, uh, in case people are listening, I'm not going to say I won't because who knows, I might need the job one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you try and pick and uh, choose which shows you work on and uh, that's, you know, just a, an area where I, I choose not to be at the moment. What was the last uh, show you worked on? I think it's airing right now, right? It is, yeah. Uh, first Dates. First Dates. Yeah. yeah, doing really well, actually. I don't know if you caught the oh. first. Did you catch the first episode? No, no, I didn't. Really, really good. Actually, the, the show I did just before that, uh, which is Little Big Shots. Yes, with had, Shane Jacobson. Yeah. yeah, had one of the biggest openings. Yeah, right. Um, Rating really well. Yeah. yeah, it did something like 2.6 like million a... um, nationally. <laughs> Which is huge, but it did one That's a point. perfect perfect for the whole family, right? Yeah. It's just easy watching and fun. It's not often that, you know, I'll gather the whole family around to watch a you know, something I've worked on. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. But and also they I, I I find it difficult to gather them around because they really don't want to see anything I've worked on. I don't care. But this but one the boys they are keen said, for this? Yeah. yeah they yeah, cool. they loved it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, now, a couple of trailers have premiered this week that I was very keen to watch, and one was uh, Downsizing. 
Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. I watched that trailer. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so downsizing. Yeah, right? It's so good. So downsizing is uh, Alexander Payne's next film who uh, directed movies like um, Sideways. Uh, and, yeah, it stars Matt Damon. Yeah. And it's high concept kind of stuff. Definitely. Like I almost like a, a, lot of a Truman moments. Show feel, but different concept. But, yeah. Bit, bit yeah, completely. Show. I mean... I guess, you know, if you haven't seen a trailer, please jump on straight away to and look for it on, I guess, YouTube. It, you know, it just follows, um, I guess the planet has got to a certain point where, you know, there are there's so many people and rather than <laughs> some of the people today who are saying, you know, we need to get rid of a lot of people off the planet, they say, well, actually what we need to do is downsize people and, you know, honey, I shrunk the kids style, shrink Pretty them much. down. Yeah. Yeah. And what's fascinating about this is because everything's downsized, the cost of production and so forth and so on, and infrastructure is so much cheaper, that your money goes so much further, right? So I can't remember what the actual figure was in the trailer, but it was something like, so Matt Damon, your $54,000 that you've given in savings will be equivalent to $12.3 million in, in the downsizing world. Yeah. Yeah. How good's that? Are you, and you just know that along the way, some sort of like commercial... I don't know, someone's going to try and rip him off or... Sure. You know, it looks and, all too happy down there at the moment. Definitely. What, what would you do? <laughs> That's the question, right? What would you do? What, what would I do? It's pretty uh, tempting. I think it... I, I mean, I'd have to research it a lot more because... <laughs> no, because you know me. Like, I, I'll Just think, have to watch out for the giants. <laughs> well, I think the worst of... Everybody. So are people trying to trick us into becoming small, then they're going to lock us in like mini and you're jails. Defenseless. Yeah. And yeah, they could just take everything. So you, you might have $12.4 million down there, but someone's actually just taking you 54000 Because what are you going to do? You're tiny. <laughs> and I go straight to the positive and, and think, well, how many, how much pizza could I have? How big would one slice of pizza be? It would last you a week. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and the other uh, the other trailer that I watched that I'm very keen to watch this film is the uh, Disaster Artist. Yes, okay, James Franco. Yeah. Here we are. Now, I don't think uh, on our last episode we really spoke about how much I love James Franco. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Franco. You He's, do like him a lot. I do. I mean, mm. <clears throat> so oh, much I, so that he when does, I, God, he he does so many films, so many films. Yeah, but one, yeah. uh, it was whatever it takes. That just made me a James Franco fan. And you're thinking, like, what is whatever it takes? It was basically a little... 2000 and something? Oh, yeah. Lucky if that was, you know, that, that was it. But, uh, yeah, a little rom-com similar to, like, She's All That type of film. And he was great in it. It was actually 2000. On the, there you on go, the dot. On the dot. Yeah, so uh, from there on, I, I've watched almost everything he's been in because as you said he's in a lot and sometimes you'll just hear about this random film that he's turned up in uh, so for those who haven't seen the um, trailer to disaster artist it's famous for it's actually this is a biopic <laughs> um and it's famous for uh basically the making of the worst film that's notoriously the worst film of all time which is called the room yeah and james franco plays the lead um who's uh what's his name it's famous. What's the uh, line for? Um, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His, uh, his actual name is Tommy Wizzou. Wizzou? Yeah, Tommy Wizzou. Yeah. yeah, so he's playing Tommy Wizzou. You've got Seth Rogen in there. You've got James Franco's brother, Dave. Yeah, Dave, yeah. He's uh, good as well. 
Now, believe it or not, there's a little bit of uh, Oscar buzz around this film, which would be the biggest irony of all time. Yeah, around James Franco's performance. Because you you just feel that he's just taken a piss the whole time. That's your performance, right? But the thing is, if you've seen, I don't know if anyone's seen The Room, but he does him beautifully. Like, he's perfect. It's almost like you're watching the same guy. Yeah, right. I, I, I haven't seen The Room because it's the worst film. I guess right, but you can made, hop right? on hop on YouTube and watch ten minutes of it or five minutes of it in a little compilation, and you'll get the gist of it. All right, yeah, I will. It's so bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, James Franco, love him. The only other thing I want to talk about for this week is uh, just a heads up for next week, actually, and the Emmys are on Monday. Oh, sorry, Monday Australia. The Emmys are on Sunday America this Sunday night. Yeah, I'll be tuning in Monday morning. Yes, so it's Monday for us, and uh, yeah, looking forward to that as usual. Yeah, probably, uh, for me, it would be Oscars number one, maybe Golden Globes number two, and Emmys number three. Yeah, um, uh, I'll put Emmys at number four, Ooh. and at number three, I have the uh, MTV, MTV Music Awards. Music, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, yeah I don't, the movie, movie awards are what, that's fine, they're, they're fun, but mm. I like the Music Awards. Okay. Yeah. Better than the Grammys, you know, it's just a lot more fun. So my tip for a uh, limited TV series with a bullet would be uh, Big Little Lies. I think that'll smash it. Um, and I think Nicole Kidman will win an Emmy for her role in that because she is outstanding. Yeah, you know? I haven't seen it, but yeah. I've heard all it's about amazing. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's one I'm going to watch soon. <laughs> it's not it's not the easiest of watches, but it's rewarding. Similar to True Detective, which was a bit hard to get into, but yeah. the acting is so good, you just can't help but love it. Hey, uh, guys, last week we spoke about um, Jay and I looking at our top ten, and we thought we wanted to give you a, a bit of an overview as to so you can understand, you know, where who are we? Yeah, exactly. Who are you listening to? Generally, if I'm out with anyone, I just ask for someone's top five. I don't need an order to it. I just want to know five <laughs> films that they, they love, you know. And you know a little bit more about them. Yeah. You know, generally, I will judge them down to the earth. And if I don't like them, all their films, then I won't like them. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope that you aren't as judgmental as I am. You haven't gone as far as I have where I've actually corrected people's top fives. I'll say their top five and I'm saying, no, that's not right. No. Well, that, that's what I thought <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll do to you tonight. I've done that once. Um, no, not really, you know, I, I won't butt in too much, but... I just want you to run through, and, and I think, mind you, this is not in any order, right? Don't need an order. I don't think we'll go order yet because it's just too controversial, right? So let's just name a few of my top films, and this is the kind of films that I like. And I kind of like two. I mean, we, we talked about last last week that I'm a horror um, nutter, so I love my horror. But there's probably only one or two horrors in here, actually. But I really love a film that has impact and and really stays with me. Um, I see a lot of films, so movies that are a little bit more heavy perhaps and or have more impact or more intense tend to uh, stay with me at the uh, pointy end when we're talking about the top five. Yeah. But I also love feel-good movies as well. Sure. You know, and they tend to uh, stay around as well. So uh, What do you got? All right. So let's go with – we talked about Fight Club last yeah, week. Yeah, we did, yeah. So, that, so Fight in Club's <laughs> still in there. St- Fight Club's still in the pointy end even though it has aged a little, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, massive impact on me. What, one film that really um, – uh, affected me was when I watched it in 1995, I think, was uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, we know that that's the easiest recommendation uh, to give in film. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> funny funny story that like, with Sean and I working in video stores for years and years and years, there was one film that was asked about more than any other in the history of video, VHS and DVD, what film would that be, Sean? 
With the sh- oh, uh, <laughs> don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Well, that was one of them, certainly. And Ace Ventura is probably up there too. But I was going with Shawshank Redemption. Oh, right. Well, that was the obvious one because we're just talking about yeah, it. Yeah, well, that, that's Although, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. I'll say that again. That's the most stolen film. Yeah, uh, and also both of those films are the most messed up titles that you know the customers will get wrong every time. <laughs> Have you got that Shank Shaw? Uh, yeah. No, Hank. You got menace you Hank, to... Hank Shaw, isn't it? <laughs> you got Menace in South. <laughs> um, yeah, so Shawshank is an absolute gem and it still plays well today. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street's a new one. We talked about that very quickly last week. Uh, that has uh, climbed into the top ten for me. Uh, I, I just love the film. I think it's really fun. Yeah. And and Leo is uh, on point and Scorsese is on point. And I really like the risks that are taking that film for a um, commercial film. Yeah. Goodwill Hunting. Oh, uh, I Good just Will Hunting. Yeah, now that's kind of a feel-good film as well, and and um, obviously we're talking Robin Williams there, Oscar performance. Uh, you know Ben and Matt writing, and there's a whole story behind that, and how they were living, you know, in a, an apartment with some mates like Brendan Fraser, and. <laughs> but it was also like Robin Williams. Uh, I'm not going to call it again a comeback, but you know he he was sort of drifting out. He's doing a few bad comedies and whatnot. <laughs> Did nothing for a little while, and then all of a sudden yeah. he comes back in a serious role, and uh, in, in a brilliant serious role. And there's so a good. really intense scene with Matt Damon, um, where he grabs Matt Damon by the neck, and he's like, "I will end you! I will yeah. fucking end you!" And where when he's messing with the painting, oh, with yeah, his wife's painting, his wife's yeah. painting, wow. and you and you just he, he's so calm and collected the whole opening part of that film, and then all of a sudden that's it. Like you know where his his sore point is. And that was that. That's what was brilliant about Will, is that you know he, he, the whole film he's always looking for someone's um, weakness, weakness, right? Yeah. And he, he couldn't win one over academic academically hmm. on on Sean. I yeah. probably I probably quote good. that film once every second day, and everyone who knows me will know what I'm about to say. But I reckon <laughs> I say it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Probably once every two what or three scene. days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, what else we got? Uh, look, Lord of the Rings trilogy for me, I just, I'm not mad into medieval or fantasy, to be honest, but mm. that, and I hadn't read the books or anything like that, but that movie, those, that as a trilogy was uh, amazing. I was wondering when you could sneak a trilogy in. Yeah. <laughs> I like to do that. Well, I see them as one film, you know. Sure. That's what the director intended, but the uh, studios break it up to make three times the money. Sure. Uh, what else we got? So Jerry Maguire for me, when I saw that film, it's, you know, it's probably obviously aged a little bit, but it's Tom Cruise factor and all that. But when I saw that movie for the first time in the movies, to me it was like the um, the male rom-com of all time. You know, It was like this kind of romantic comedy, but it was uh, basically on Through the Eyes of a Guy, I guess, you know. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, we were heavily into Tom Cruise at the time. Yeah. Um, so he could do no wrong anyway. Stand By Me, I've already talked about that a few times yeah. on the podcast. I, I just love that film so much. I'm hearing all of these films and I'm thinking, oh, I should cross some off my list and uh, put these uh, in. And then I look at my list and I'm like, no, nah, I can't cross off anything. Okay. Um, maybe I have more than 10. Now, I'm actually famous for having more than 10 films Fine. in my top 10. Uh, Whenever I do my yearly top 10, it's about 15 films. Yeah. Let's, that, that, that's, I'm going to cut you off there then. Because, you know, we will do a yearly and we'll do it in an order from one to ten. And I think that'll be an episode where we can go into them in depth. So how about you do a few of yours? 
Sure. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I'm just going to swing Rattle them off and through then, these, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, if I've got any else that you haven't covered, I'll, I'll yell out too. No, you gave a little bit of a rationale as to why you chose okay. films in your 10, and, yep. and my rationale is I just like films that I can watch over and over again. Okay, rewatchability. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know, and I definitely know that there are two or three in here that people are not going to agree with, you know, especially one, and I'm, I'm just going to start with that one, and that's Cable Guy, Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I know a lot of people hate that film. It's a dark comedy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but for whatever reason, Very I find quotable. it hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it was a time in my life as well. So yeah. that's, that's right up there. Uh, and then I've got DiCaprio mm-hmm. in Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Love that film. Love him in that film. Yeah. Baz Luhrmann as well. Yeah. Cause... I was about an 18 or 19 year old boy going to a cinema to see this film, which I didn't really want to go and see. And I yeah. walked out and thought. I want to be him. I want to be <laughs> Romeo in this I film. I know, right? So much impact that film. I was yeah. blown away. And the soundtrack was oh, just amazing. awesome. And yeah. So that was great. Uh, the Crow. Yes, The Crow. Yeah. And, you know, I love that film because of its um, just vengeance. Yeah. Simple. Dark, Dark again, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, uh, you, you know, killed my wife or my, you know, to get engaged. And uh, now... I want to kill all of you in really cool ways with nice little jokes along the way. How do you feel about the uh, remake has been in development hell for a while, but I believe it's just recently, even last week, was being, has been greenlit again to yeah, be done. Yeah, great. I mean, look, um, nothing, I can only hope that it'll be better because I don't think it's going to be close to the original. Yeah. Uh, so I don't mind going into it with no expectations. It's probably best I do that. Because they did a TV show on that, didn't they? Uh, they did a TV show with, uh, with <laughs> Mark Dukaskis. Oh, yeah, Mark. I think it was. Mark, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, um, look, I'll welcome it with open arms and I'll go and see it. Um, and if it, you know, tickles my fancy a little bit, then great. But otherwise, you know, it doesn't matter. I've got the original to watch. What else you got? Uh, so then I'm going to hit into Scream territory. I had Scream. Yeah, love Scream. I've got Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber, yeah. one of the funniest comedies of so, all time. Yeah, exactly. And and that one was just the best experience in a cinema, really. Just everyone was rolling around. Same. Yeah. So people who've watched it today, who watch it now, wouldn't really understand that. But no, when I it came it, out, yeah. the, the, that kind of humour was fresh. Yeah. And the cinemas were, were going into riot. They were just like, literally rolling down the aisles. Yeah. Now, this film, I, I tend to um, buy it every time uh, the technology is upgraded. Oh, yeah, okay. And this is Apocalypse Now. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's my, not even guilty pleasure, it's just my it's pleasure. Classic. Yeah. yeah, and I don't want anyone else around me. I just <laughs> want to sit down and watch the opening scene of Napalm smashing through the forest, and it's just, you know. The amazing thing about that film bottle is... Bottle whiskey. <laughs> it still looks amazing today. Yeah. It's amazing how it's... Being restored, like. and the story that goes around it. So mm. every time I watch it, you just pick up something new about it because you've heard something else or you've read something else, mm. and yeah, it's just an amazing film. And and, uh, and directed by Francis Ford Coppola, I think is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he almost went mad making yeah. that film. Well, heroin was huge on that. Right, people were. <laughs> yeah, people were. It was anyway. and you know helicopters flying over were being called off to war, so they had to keep you know cutting out the the shots because they shot it in Cambodia. But so wow. they had to keep going over to the, the uh, Vietnam border. Anyway, you're not here to hear about that history lesson. Uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. Yeah. Saw that That's three times at the film. cinema. Yeah. Yeah. It was never in my top 10. 
to be honest. I love the film. Fine. Yeah, it was yeah, never yeah. in my top ten. But I recently watched it because I haven't seen it for a couple of years. I recently watched it on the plane and just reminded myself how good that film is. You well, know? not only did you have uh, Russell Crowe mm. actually doing something really meaty and good, like I, I felt he was strong in that Very role. Very strong, yeah. But it, it introduced me anyway to Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. who should have won the Oscar that year for oh. that role. He really should have. He was just creepy and oh, like just felt dirty around him. him. Yeah, yeah, he was so good. Oh, so good. So that was great. Um, Shawshank, easy. Yep, it's always got to be in there. Then I got two more and uh, Top Gun. Top Gun. I can watch that over and over and again whenever they have it on an outdoor cinema, and you know fans are going. That's when I go. Great because, to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a Rocky Horror Picture Show. People know all the lines. Quoting. Yeah. You sit there. Yeah. I feel the need. The need for speed. <laughs> Woo! Because <laughs> that's how I see it. It's, uh, I love it. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, and the last one I have. Hot men playing, playing volleyball. I've, Oiled up. I've, pulled, I've done you. I'm doing you. Uh, it's The Breakfast Club. Yes. But anything Hughes. Oh, okay. I'll take well, that. That doesn't take work. That. I'll take that. That doesn't work. You can't but Jason, do that. he saw them That's all. That's like saying anything He's... David Fincher. They're but, completely no, Jason, unrelated. Hughes saw them all as one film. Oh. And oh. the studio's made him anyway, it hey, Having said that, I'm actually not arguing with you. I love all um, John Hughes stuff. and Yeah, and Breakfast Club is an absolute classic. Yeah. Gets better That's and better. my pick of the bunch for him. I mean, Ferris is a close second, but anyway. That's me. That's that. That's that's who I am. All right. Film. I want to add a few more. I won't talk about them. I'll just I'll just yell them out. So we uh, talked about Kill Bill Volume One and Two. Um, we what else have we got? Uh, Shutter Island. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight. Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back. Matrix. Back to the Future. Oh my god! You've definitely gone above ten. Terminator Two. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Inception. Gone Girl. Seven. Silver Linings Playbook. And Kingsman, ladies and gentlemen. Inglorious Bastards. Pulp Fiction. I'm going to unplug a your time, mic. A time to Kill. <laughs> <laughs> they're, okay. they're my favourite films. Good. Yeah, no, they're, and they're all great. Like, there were only 10, right? Did I, uh, yeah, I'm sure I only yeah. heard 10, yeah. yeah. Um, so that tells you a little bit more about where our heads are at <laughs> in the film world. Uh, all right, that was great. Uh, all right, everybody. Like we did last week, we're going to go into our next segment of Movies at the Movies. Movies at the Movies. Why believe I can fly? That is a long time since Space Jam. (laughs) (laughs) Although I did recently buy it. but Oh, really? Yeah, let's not go too off topic right now. Okay, (laughs) straight up. Uh, Well, I think what we should do is uh, we'll explain to you. Jason and I have a a little bit of a different system when it comes to reviewing films. Um, Whilst we can appreciate uh, the star system and, you know, at times it's definitely useful to to have that, the way that Jay and I go through our films uh, are more common. Yeah, more (laughs) practical and... Everything has its place. Every trash is treasure. <laughs> yeah, so we thought we'll just run through it quickly again. Um, you can get over to our uh, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and uh, we've got it up. More in detail. Our, yeah, more detail, so you can have that in front of you if needed. So this is in no particular order, except for it's in a little bit of an order. <laughs> and you'll get it once we start talking about it. Okay, so cinema, Jason. Yeah, so cinema, we, we rate 
films uh, to go see at the cinema if it's uh, there's an urgency behind them. So if you need to go watch it because there's a twist or or it's just such a great film, you've got to watch it tomorrow so you can talk about it at the office or whatever or in, in the playground, whatever yeah. it might be. Uh, and the second thing is obviously it could be uh, uh, FX-driven. So something like Avatar or Guardians of the Galaxy, you, you kind of say, listen, rush out to watch it at the movies because you need to see that on the biggest screen possible. Yes, that's good. And then we have Home Entertainment. Oh, was that a beer? Yes. You just cracked a beer without shouting me. I've still got beer. That's okay. Yeah. I, saw, I looked over the table and I saw that you had some. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Although Not you, long You have though. a larger beer than I anyway, so. So home entertainment uh, typically is around two to three months <laughs> after the actual. I want to delete that one later because I just know that everyone's going to be writing in on that comment. You have a larger beer than I. I just want, for the record, <laughs> I definitely have a larger beer. <laughs> well, my, my poison tonight is uh, a 500 mil can of Asahi. Just put that into context. I mean, I like Asahi. It's better than your what usual you stuff. Uh, tonight, I've gone for a local oh. beer. Yeah, Six Drinks. Give them a little shout out up there because I really appreciate their uh, their product. It's a nice beer. I've had a few of those. Yeah, so I've got a, what they call What's it? What's it called? A, a Coasty Pale Lager. Not a pale no. ale because they do a pale ale. Okay. This is the pale lager. It's a slightly uh, fruitier in flavor. Have you noticed the cans have come back? I, I mean... I've got to say, cans never went away for me. <laughs> right, I've been on bottles since, you know, probably 1998. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so where were we? Home <laughs> yeah. entertainment. Home entertainment. Yeah, so typically home entertainment comes out uh, two or three months after theatrical release. So we're suggesting that, hey, you know, you might just want to wait. You can afford to wait a couple of months and then uh, until it comes out on Blu-ray or DVD or you can rent it digitally through iTunes or whatever that might be. Uh, and yeah, so we might differentiate Blu-ray to DVD as well because it could be, you know, yeah. John Wick Two would be great to watch or Atomic Blonde, like we talked about last week, yeah. would be great to watch on Blu-ray. But something like um, Moonlight is probably not necessary. You can watch it on DVD if you wanted to. You know? And sometimes the little joke could be, you know, look, it's it's good on Home and Away, but you don't want to pay for a Blu-ray. Just pay for DVD. <laughs> you know, because a yeah. film might be in a way rated that way. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so then we'll move over to In Transit. Okay, or subscription. Uh, or subscription. Yeah, let's do that. We could go with subscription. Yeah, that sounds good. So yeah. uh, subscription is essentially all your uh, all-you-can-eat um, uh, digital platforms such as Netflix and Hulu and, and uh, Stan in Australia. So, yeah, this is where you can pay 10 to 15 bucks and you get uh, access to a, a lot of TV and film. Uh, so it's a lot cheaper to consume this kind of content. So we might recommend watching that on a lazy Netflix and chill Sunday. Yeah. I recently just picked up a new subscription, actually. Oh. What? Which is where I'm watching a lot of my content. Uh, Foxtel Now. I don't really want to give them any... They're very expensive. Cause, well, that's like a pay TV. That's like cable. So, yeah. They have a lot of content. Yeah, a lot, a lot of content, of good, which good. is why I've just I picked it up for a little while. I'll, yeah. st- I'll stick with yeah, it. Yeah, probably a lot of the best shows. way to do it. That's no. why I was smashing the um, John Oliver. By the way, is because right. I only want to keep it for a month or so. Yeah, the way they've structured their their pricing now is you can come in and out or change monthly, which is great. And also, if you want to watch Game to. of Thrones, it's one of the only ways HBO uh, yeah. to do it. Yeah. Uh, so subscription. Uh, then we move over to in transit. 
Yeah, so look, there are certain types of films that could actually uh, be reserved for when you're flying from Sydney to LA or, you know, uh, commuting on a train or a bus and you've got that downtime where it's just Jason time and you're looking at trees, you know, going by. So there's certainly a kind of product that you can watch there and kind of catch up or you've been meaning to watch it for a month, a couple of months or whatever yeah. it might be and it has its place in transit. I find a lot of documentaries uh, that sure. people don't make time for in their lives. In transit's a great way to... To watch those. Especially if it's like specialised to something that you're into, you know. Uh, yeah. Like for me, there was a documentary called Spookers. Have you right. heard about that? No, no. It's about all the uh, the clown, all the carnies that dress up and scare people in, you know, in the haunted houses and that kind of stuff, right? So they they dress up as clowns and, um, you know, horror yeah. guys. Oh, um, horror, horror. I was yeah. Because it sounds mildly interesting, but it is for interesting. You, it's, it's just there, right in, up there. A, yeah, day in their life, right? But I mean, no one else is going to really watch that with me, <laughs> so it's perfect for uh, in transit in great, my own yeah. time. As long as you know people in the behind me on the train don't look at me kind of weird, but yeah. Now, if you don't want to uh, see this film in transit, then you could obviously go to free to air. Yeah. So look, free to air is reserved for uh, you know if you really really don't really want to watch it too much and you, you know you've got commercial breaks that come with free to wear you know we're thinking it's you know you're on night shift you come home you just pop the television on for an hour before you go to bed and the movie that we've recommended comes on and it's yeah. perfect for for free to wear television i've seen some great films that way that i never expected to see or even second second watches or third watches yeah you're right yeah second third watches are great uh and then last of last but not least in fact it is least <laughs> don't watch so what happens there you just don't fucking watch it okay don't ever watch it you're right you just don't watch it no alright I'm just looking forward to our first, like we said last one I'm looking forward to uh, our first don't watch yeah I mean we're gonna. I think we're gonna have to look for one to put in we're, but that means I'm gonna have to go to the cinema and sit through a film problem is I love most films you know it's gonna be hard but I, know. I reckon that, I reckon there's one out there but you know that's like out of the top five things that I would say I would take away from your personality is oh, <laughs> I have a top five <laughs> <laughs> you have a list on what you would take away from my personality uh, hang on stop for a sec what uh, <laughs> what happened um, can I have a look at this list one of those that's, a, that's another thing on the list fucking always trying to get into my stuff um, <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> I'm making it up as I go along <laughs> no but you do you do love things like you, you're happy yeah. about life in general yes <laughs> which is why I think you know uh, that's why you are, and I are good yin and yang because oh, you know, completely <laughs> you see yeah. the dark side I see yeah. the light, light side exactly although I did like Empire Strikes Back <laughs> <laughs> yeah or the Darth Vader scene uh, you know, at <laughs> no. the end of Force Awakens oh oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> I've seen that that particular scene you know 15 or 16 times which oh you're talking about sorry you're talking about uh, Rogue One Rogue One yeah, the end yeah, of Rogue One. Sorry, yeah. Rogue One. A Star Wars I just watched story. it again like two days ago. Right. Yeah, that, that end scene is brilliant. Again, we discussed this last time, but it's a problem when I have it on like a subscription because I just see the picture and I no longer read the words. It's much like right. when you had music. So I, I don't look at, oh, Rogue One, Force Awakens, whatnot. I just it's see Star Wars. the Star Wars picture. It's Star Wars. And, oh, yeah, I like that. Let's, let's look at that. <laughs> and it's much like your, the way you listen to music these days, right? I mean, you hardly ever know what the song's called anymore because you just go along and click a button, put it in a playlist and let it go on shuffle. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, so, you know, I should know names to films and generally I do, but sometimes you just, you know, when you're watching 23 episodes of John Oliver, 
You just not paying attention to the other details in life. Righto, so that's our rating system. You see that wrap up and uh, yeah. segue off my list that you apparently have. <laughs> um, and American Assassin. That is our number one film this week that we're going to, to look at. Yeah. So American Assassin gets released in uh, US and Australia this week. Yes. Uh, so we thought, um, as in next, uh, as in yesterday. Yeah. As in yesterday, <laughs> yeah, Thursday. Yeah. Um, I forgot what day it was there for a second. <laughs> um, yeah. So it gets released uh, around the world this week, I guess. And but when did you see it? Say quickly. again. When did you see it? Just quickly. Uh, I saw it uh, maybe six weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a I little just... while ago, maybe four weeks ago now. Um, yeah. Rocho, Warner Rocho invited me to a special screening so it was good it just hurts because i used to work for them oh, gosh you know and you think that they put you on some sort of alumni list <laughs> and invite you to all these things oh yeah because loyalty means something these days yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> anyway sorry carry on look this is uh directed by uh michael Cusetta, who uh did directed kill the messenger if you remember that sean kill the messenger star jeremy renner it was a 2014 thriller uh, he also interestingly directed uh, some TV, including Dexter and yeah. Homeland. Okay, which uh, season of Homeland does it? Do you know? I'm not sure. I, okay. I didn't look at that, but I did look at Dexter. It was season one. Yeah, I mean, look, most Dexter's pretty good anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy with that. Uh, so I, f- I found that interesting. Um, and it, this is uh, based off the uh, best-selling novel by Vince Flynn, which I believe is called uh, Term Limits, but. I know there's a lot of Vince Flynn fans out there, so they can probably correct me on that. But, um, yeah, so American Assassin is a feature film title. Stars uh, Dylan O'Brien. Yeah, you know. Who's uh, from Maze Runner fame. You know the way I like to review films, you know, uh, not as traditional as other people. So I tend to just pick up on, you know, Dylan O'Brien. And I want to talk about him in that film. And then I want to talk about other films. And then at the end I'll give you my opinion overall. Yeah, right. not, yeah. Um, Dylan O'Brien, you know, he just kind of was neither here nor there for me. He was good. Well, I think the uh, ladies will disagree with you. I know a lot of girls love him. Sure. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, you know, I'm looking at him, a picture of him on my screen right now. <laughs> I can see that he's a, you know, a good looking guy. Great. Yeah. I um, liked him in, in Maze Runner. I thought he stood out for me. I thought he was... A big reason why Maze Runner was, you know, a fun watch. First one. Sure. And I don't disagree. I really enjoyed him in Maze Runner. And I think his boyish looks worked well for him there. Um, In this film, I liked him in some parts. But I just feel that he has to, like, put in a real world sense. Because Maze Runner is not in real world sense. Sure. So in this, you know, assassin real world sense he has to try and put this i'm angry at the world and i'm tough persona on but nice is this is this hitting to 1.5 liters for the night or just well, i had a couple of beers before i uh, came okay. down <laughs> so he might be yeah. um but he uh yeah he just hard enough sure this movie was a great uh uh great opportunity for Dylan O'Brien to, to break out of that young adult mold that he has uh, with Maze Runner and the Maze Runner franchise, right? But why can't you do what everyone else does and just make a sex tape? <laughs> or go and release a song that's lewd and 
what whatever you know hmm. just yeah well it's an option it's it's a one path you could take yeah and obviously you know he grew the beard out and i believe this was just before he um just after this film sorry he had the accident on maze runner three where he had the face facial reconstruction oh, now so, you're trying to make me feel bad yeah, it was a pretty serious accident. Oh, like right. very serious. I they stopped. I didn't realize that. Yeah, they stopped um, the production for about six months, and it was pretty serious. So in his next film, he might actually look a li- like a little bit different. But I believe American Assassin was uh, just before that happened. Um, so yeah, obviously stars Michael Keaton as well, which is a a, a nice add to the film. Well, you'll know from last week when I saw the trailer. One of the things that is drawing me to this film, besides the whole assassin part, is Michael Keaton. Yes, and and you know I was, I was thinking before that thank God for his uh, role in Birdman, who you know gave him the opportunity to uh, receive really good scripts again, and since then we've seen him in Spider Man Homecoming and uh, a great uh, character there. Yeah, and um, the uh, one of the, the founder, oh, the founder, yeah. yeah, and and this film here, so it's really good to see him back on the big screen because he actually wasn't working there for quite some time. Yeah, uh, and Spotlight, of course. Time. Yeah, yeah, Spotlight. That he's, was good. He's yep. just such a good actor. <laughs> he um, uh, he did two things in this film that, to me, were almost shout outs to other characters he has played in his lifetime. Tim Burton's Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah. Can you say that? No. <laughs> he um, he had a, a scene where, and I'm just going to entitle this scene: "Don't let it get personal." Yes. And, I, and, you know, I don't want to ruin it for people out there. It's only just come out. But, you know, he's trying to teach a lesson. Yeah, the rules are no spoilers on movies out this week. Yep, to uh, Pretty Boy Dylan. He was trying mm. to teach him a lesson about not, uh, you know, taking anything personal in this business. <laughs> and just the way that he was doing everything, the voice came on. I'm Batman. <laughs> It just sounded exactly like he was back in the 80s again. And uh, so, I anyway, mean, that was a small, uh, was whatever, a small one. Whatever works, right? <laughs> there was actually a larger shout out to another character of his later on in the film. And oh, I can yeah. say this there's a, there's a torture scene. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the whole time he was speaking in Beetlejuice's voice. Oh, no way. Yeah. You'll go back and watch this film now. And the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come to that conclusion when I was watching it, but that's funny that you've said that. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, he's, he's he's a fairly serious actor. He's you know, I mean, he's quite funny. He's dry, um, but he's he's only got a certain range in terms of his the voices he has. So mm. I guess he brings out some of these, and it was great. I loved it. Not not once did it actually take me out of the film. Okay, Michael Keaton, I love him. It's a good scene though. I I did like that scene. Um, so look, just quickly, uh, obviously. Um, Dylan O'Brien is enlisted by the CIA to uh, become a black ops recruit and uh, Michael Keaton is um, a Cold War vet who is uh, there to train Mitch, which is his character. Uh, Obviously, it's an action thriller, the genre. Uh, The budget on this film was $33 million. Seems to be a bit of a going figure these days, around that $30 million. They can make a a film look pretty decent for 30 million these days. That's what I'm feeling, you know? Yeah. We talked about that with it. Well, yeah, I I think one of the um, feelings I got coming out of that was quite worldly. You know, they went to a lot of exotic locations. locations. And yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, anyway. Uh, it's it's uh, distributed by uh, Lionsgate and CBS Films. It's their first first or second film together. The runtime, which I, I like to look at runtime because I can have a thing about movies that are 10, 20 minutes too long uh, or even too short maybe. Uh, and this one's one hour and 51 minutes. Maybe it's 10 minutes too long. We'll get to that when we have a chat about it. Um, and for me, obviously, it's comped or what I like to say, watch it if you liked. Um I don't know if you remember Assassin, which is with Bridget uh, Bridget Fonda. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's now called Point of No Return. <clears throat> they, they've changed the name on it. Oh, right. To no. Point of No Return. Okay. Uh, Bridget Fonda. So it's very similar to that, very similar to the, any of the Bourne films in the Bourne franchise. Yeah. And, you know, John Wick. That, that's kind of what we're kind of watching here. I mean, John Wick is a different film, but uh, did you notice with American Assassin, they, they took the headshots that – uh, the the gun fu that um, John Wick's famous for they're, they're using a lot of that yeah definitely yeah, yeah. The, you, uh, there was a lot of splatter the squibs on the yeah. back of the head yeah <laughs> it was great ultraviolet I mean every, you know, becoming you've a bit of a thing you got to keep up uh, so <clears throat> uh, overall I really actually like this film not much of what I say about Dylan O'Brien I thought <laughs> I thought that he you know he did an admirable job. Um, although I would have liked to have seen, you know, a few other actors maybe in there. Uh, but it's fine. Like, you know, he did an okay job. Michael Keaton was brilliant. But when I first, uh, when it first opening scene, I just thought, in what world am I in? I mean, these actors, the opening scene, the, the, um, at the beach and then the opening scene, uh, in the CIA, all of the, the first time you ever meet these actors besides Michael Keaton, it just reeks of B grade. Right. Then, then they they I think the actual film itself, the way it ebbed and flowed, where they didn't just have a montage of a training scene, you know? <laughs> they allowed yeah. it to sort of seep in here and there, then further the story, then have another little bit of training. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mind that. So that was good. And I, I feel that that broke up having to have too much of uh, these people who maybe aren't the A-list actors. So I think they, the, the director, um, or possibly the editor, did a really good job here. Mm, okay. Um, uh, maybe maybe they had it cut in a different way uh, you know, when it was written. I haven't read the script. And now, the way it's actually come come out, I, I enjoy it. I thought it was quite good. Uh, yeah, I'll be interested to uh, hear from someone who's read the, uh, the novel, because I think that... I've got a feeling they might be a little bit disappointed, to be honest. Uh, I've just got this feeling about that, but I could be wrong. Um, but it'll be interesting. Look, for me, it kind of plays out like a, a popcorn version of a Bourne film. So Bournes uh, take themselves very serious, and they're quite complex, very layered, and sometimes hard to rewatch. you know, but they're great films. And having said that, probably seen Identity three or four times, yeah. Supremacy two or three times. As they go on, they, they get a little bit harder to watch. Especially Jason Bourne, the, the last one was you know quite complex, almost unnecessarily um, so. But anyway, so this plays out like a kind of popcorn version of a Bourne, and and so while and it does take itself seriously in its own universe, but it's actually uh, an easier watch, and I think it's probably a little bit more fun. Uh, and I think it could be an easier rewatch as a result of that, perhaps. You know, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah, okay. I mean, I don't feel I'm going back to this. I've seen it, I've enjoyed it, and I probably won't go back to it. 
because um, I was really looking forward to it as well. So expectation comes into this, right? So yeah. if you if you're just walking into it and don't expect anything, I think you'll really enjoy it. <clears throat> I I walked in. I love assassin films. I love Michael Keaton, and uh, you know I was just hoping for something maybe a little bit more. Um, and you know we spoke about what was it, thirty million, thirty three million. You 33 said thirty three million. Yep. So. You know, and again, we're not, not going to give anything away here, but certainly it has a, a, a finale um, where effects are used, and I feel that you know they 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 were living in this great sort of real life film, and then they just and the decided, studio said we need a big action set piece for the yeah, finale. Yeah, yeah, but when it you haven't got strange. the money, it doesn't always work. That well, and I think you can tell that in the actors, especially near yeah. the end, the effects, and all that sort of stuff. It was now, almost tacked on a little bit that that last scene. Yeah, I'm picking. I am. I am picking on that film because I still enjoyed myself. I still walked out and thought, yeah, that was cool. Well, look, what they did for thirty three million dollars is actually quite amazing, but yeah. it was almost too ambitious for thirty three million dollars, and therefore it showed. If that make, makes any sense for those when you watch it, you'll you'll know what we're talking about, um, but. At the end of the day, Dylan O'Brien does certainly appear uh, appeal to the young adult audience, yeah. and they'll have no problems with this film at all. I sure. believe they'll, it'll play to them really well, um, and especially that last scene because it's just big and spectacular. You know, yeah, that's what they're used to seeing, right? You know, we could do a whole podcast about um, you know the big bad guy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so what, what, are you, what are you what are you thinking? What are you giving it? What's your overall summary? Uh, I think if you're like a, a massive Michael Keaton fan, then hit this on Blu-ray. Okay. Excuse That's me. it? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, I don't want to be nasty about this film, but for some reason I just came out of and it, it's possibly because, uh, and you know how I'm affected by my surroundings. Yes. Uh, there were nine people maybe in this, all male, all over 60. Okay. Um, and there was a person who was three or four to the right of me who was snoring pretty much the whole time. Oh, really? And the cinema smelled like wet dog. Right. Um, yeah, and that, that kind of thing would annoy me. Yeah. and it, Yeah, so it was just, it, it wasn't a great... It removed you a little bit from the film. Yeah, I actually, I wrote, my first note that I wrote down was, I think I have to change cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> we won't say what that was, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I have to find somewhere a little bit more local uh, <clears throat> until they upgrade. But anyway, uh, so I think that affected my watch. That's fair enough. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say that for everybody else, wait for subscription. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, because I don't think you're missing anything at the cinema, and uh, there are plenty of other good things. Go and see it. You know, instead, uh, go and see. Hitman's Bodyguard, I haven't seen that, and I still recommend someone to go and see that at the cinema. If you game, go see Mother. Mother! Oh, yeah, go see Mother! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, well, my feelings are... My feelings are probably slightly more positive, I think, (laughs) typically. Um, Look, I think this was a good role for Dylan O'Brien. It kind of does break him out of that... uh, Takes him a little bit more serious, breaks him out of that YA mould a little bit. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought the movie was fun... I enjoyed the ride. I did 
find that the action in the last act was a little bit mindless and I was kind of switching off a little bit. Uh, and I thought Michael Keaton was great as per usual. He's just a lot of fun in this role. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm saying it's uh, home entertainment and there's enough of a good-looking film here to probably look at Blu-ray. But if for whatever reason you couldn't get Blu-ray, I'd be happy with digital or DVD uh, on this one. Oh, good. Okay. That's fine. So, so bo- do you want to talk about box office here or do you want to talk about... Yeah, um, I was, I was going to make a transition in Dylan O'Brien's um, acting face. <laughs> so if we could just have like 10 seconds of silence while I put on a stony... Uh, you know. Okay, man, no worries. <laughs> anyway, uh, can we review the film that we can't review? Can we review the film that we can't review? Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Um, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Man is maketh man. No, what, what's that mean? <laughs> <laughs> the tattoo that you got across your chest? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. know what it is. Um, so for just I've every- signed my life away. You know I can't talk about I this. I know. For everyone out there, Jay has gone out to see um, uh, Kingsman Two, Golden Circle. Oh, so you know what it is? Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> I got him. He, You're baiting me. He's a stickler me. for the, uh, the names. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> he went out to see that, and that's fine. I didn't get invited. Not a problem. It was a special screening, it and was. Uh, he was made to sign an NDA. Yeah, NDA, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, a non-disclosure agreement. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and that This requires... particular one was really strict. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, right. I said I couldn't even talk to Do you my... see many films with NDAs? I do. Yeah. Uh, some are verbal NDAs and some are okay. written and signed. Yeah. Uh, and this particular one was, you know, talking about you may not talk about it with your family and stuff like that. It was, uh, it was pretty full on. Well, I can tell everybody out there in, you know home entertainment land that he still refuses to discuss it with me so whatever you made him sign works that's good <laughs> uh so well, i appreciate fine. my job so <laughs> i want to keep watching films that's fine but i'll you know i'll continue to try and play a little bit of pressure yeah so uh, we will not be talking about kingsman the golden circle but um not. uh fortunately you will be seeing that next week before everyone as well so yeah, exactly come yeah. on i hate the fact that i um you know, uh, what's it? What's the guy's name in it? Um, the main Taron guy. Egerton. Yeah, you know, he dies again, and huh? I shouldn't have said that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he's making this up, guys. I want something. Give me something. Yeah, he's, he's trying to catch me out. All right, that was a bad way to get to it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Box office prediction. Now, this is where uh, Jay, who uh, has a lot more skill than I do at this um, this side of the movie biz. Uh, well, I would have said that until uh, our first movie was It <laughs> last week. <laughs> and I'm completely off. But anyway, we'll talk about that in yeah, isolation. Before we get into that, let's, yeah. let's ease you into this gently, like a gentleman. Do you want to um, just have a look at the top five uh, US box office of last week? <laughs> you want to get into that straight away? Oh, no. Okay. okay. No, no. Let's do that. <laughs> I, I, I was just going to go on with a Jim Carrey, sort of me, myself and Irene diatribe, but no. No, let's... I want to hear you say that, actually. What, what are you doing? What were you going to say? Well, I just, I, I started it already. Right. See, I'm, I'm already... I'm going to ease you in gently. I'm actually already stressed in this segment. 
<laughs> you know, I can, can you feel the difference, guys? I'm actually really feeling uh, the pressure and, and clearly to, I'm not comfortable. Yeah, and my beer never tasted so good. This is fucked. Mm. There's something wrong with this segment. I, I, it's a lose-lose for me and a win-win for you. Let's not look at it like that. For those you tuning know, in for the first time, they have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> fine. You know, uh, let's let's hit our top five of the US box office. Let's have a look at what they're right, doing. So, this what week. happened last week? Well, a certain horror film called It oh. <laughs> went went, to, went straight to number one, and it opened with one hundred and twenty three million dollars in the US. So it definitely floated too. <laughs> oh yeah, oh it's God. floating big time. Uh, look, yeah, that already puts it in the top kind of five horror films of all time. How much was that again? Sorry, it was one hundred and twenty-three point four million dollars. Twenty-three point four million. I'm just writing that down. Thank you. Now, if you remember, my prediction from last week on it was uh, all told was one hundred and fifty-five million dollars. Look, to be so fair, plenty you've of got wiggle some room, room there. <laughs> a little bit of wiggle room. And what's the general drop off per week? You know, twenty oh, it's, it's about it's about uh, anywhere from fifty to sixty five percent. But oh, I think no. this will be quite strong, <laughs> and will end up being the number one horror film of all time. And nothing like the number one horror film for an opening weekend to generate more buzz for the second week. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, they're actually predicting a fifty million dollar second week. Which will take it up to 173 million. Okay. Uh, which is well past mine. So I think I get a pass on this one because, you know, I, I know that it's all about rationale, but not every day does we do we have a new number one horror film of all time. Look, and that was my first this. movie that I had to predict. I think that's unfair. Uh, let's what do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> let's discuss this when it has its cinema run. When we agreed, we would look at the total and then we can do. Or whatever rationale you have for it. Right. Okay, cool. Now, number two <laughs> was uh, Home Again. Home Again is a, a Reese Witherspoon rom-com. Oh, my God. No. Yeah, she's back. 8.5 million. At number two. Number two, yeah. Oh. Although, I mean, back in the day, Reese would have opened with, you know, 40 or 50 million on a rom-com. Let's face it. Well, okay, so it's a rom-com. Who's yeah, her well, offsider? I'm not sure. Actually, you might have to look that up. Uh, I think it's... What's it called again? <laughs> <laughs> home again. Home While you're looking that up, I'll, look at, I'll go to the next one. Well, home alone. I love that film. <laughs> All right, now I've got it here. I Nat Wolf. The old Nat Wolf. Who's that? Like Nat Wolf is an American actor and singer-songwriter. He was born in Los Angeles to jazz pianist Michael. Oh, you know what? Oh, so it's probably a musical, um, like a musical rom com. Well, she does sing. Uh, yeah. We've seen it yeah. in uh, Walk Man the in Line. Black. Walk the Line. Yeah. <laughs> Man in Black is obviously Johnny Cash. Yeah, Walk the Line. Walk the Line. So number three is uh, Hitman's Bodyguard, uh, which has been out for a couple of weeks now, and that uh, is at uh, did four point eight, so it's at sixty five million dollars. He's in Death up. Note. Say again. Death oh, he's Note. in Death Note. Right. Apparently. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. Number four is Annabelle Creation. Uh, that's now tracking at ninety-six million. So what great result. And right, like, because I I don't really I don't care for the Annabelle franchise. From someone who hasn't seen it, and I just I mean you're a, you're the horror 
horror fan. What well, you here's think? what here's what it's, it's amazing how they can reinvent a uh, uh, film because Annabelle did well at the box office just purely off Conjuring, but the film didn't really deliver. It wasn't a great film, but this is a great film. They've yeah. actually managed to turn it around, so the box office is reflective of the word of mouth. And uh, yeah, they've managed to turn around just by making a really good film, just like they did in a kind of sort of like Fast and the Furious fr- franchise, which was yeah. diminishing in returns come Tokyo Drift Part Three. But then they turned that around and they reinvented it in Part Four slightly, and now it just keeps growing again. So yeah. you can. All right, fine. <laughs> Probably a bad example, but anyway. Uh, and number <laughs> five is interesting for me, Sean. Number five. Yeah. So number five is a movie called uh, Wind River. Wind River. Um, It stars Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. And here's the The thing. The other Olsen. Yeah, the other Olsen, which is the Olsen I love. So here's the interesting thing about this film. It's um, directed by Taylor Sheridan. Who's Taylor Sheridan? Uh, Taylor Sheridan um, is the writer of Wind River. (laughs) Correct. Um, (laughs) But also, yeah, did um, Hell or High Water. Right. So, well, he, he's the writer of Sicario and Hell or High, High Water. Sicario as well. Yeah. So, this is like he did a short film and then – or a small film, I think, and then this. So, this is really kind of his directorial debut. But he wrote Sicario and wrote Hell or High Water. And both those films, from a writing point of view, are 10 out of 10, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so this, fantastic. <laughs> excuse me. This is uh, his writing and directing uh, the, the, his film. So this will be really interesting. Uh, yeah, how it goes. But um, Oh, that is sensational. Uh, I, I, you know, I miss having writer-directors who do generally their own films. Right. You know, we speak about Tarantino, of course. Sure. Know, but people like even Robert Rodriguez who, you know, I know that uh, you're not always a massive fan of. Um, especially when you know he heads into Shark and Lava Boy and all that sort of stuff. But oh no, I always, always respect him. Always appreciate. But that's him. the thing you respect him, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. to to be able to do I that. I just may not stuff. enjoy that movie personally, but yeah, no, yeah. I, I I respect. But to him. have someone who does a film or three films now. Yeah, and and even Darren Ar- Aronofsky always writes and directs his own films. Who did Mother yeah. and Black Swan? So all right, you've you've got me. I will watch Wind River. Having said that. I'm not the biggest fan of Jeremy Renner. I don't mind him. He's okay, but I wouldn't cross the street for him. Yeah. Uh, but I really like Elizabeth Olsen. I think um, she's – I really like her. I think she's good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that film. And that's the top five. Well, that's uh, interesting. I think at least I'm glad I heard that because now I'm going to go see Wind River when it comes out. Do you know when it's – In Australia? Australia? I couldn't tell you um, – no. To be honest, I'd have to. Look. No, that's fine. We'll have a look at that and put it on our website. Because I think I'm going to put the, I'm going to pop the trailer up now. Because I'm looking at it. I'm thinking, yes, I like wind. I like rivers. <laughs> I'm going to watch Wind River. Uh, okay, so now we're going to head into our uh, actual box office prediction for the Maybe week. Maybe I'll do better this week, huh? Yeah, you can redeem yourself, I guess. I mean, yeah. look. To be honest, at the moment you still haven't failed. The film hasn't surpassed what you said it would. I know where this film will end up. <laughs> uh, but didn't you say that at the beginning? You knew what this film was going to do? or That's why you predicted it. How, how, do, how do I trust? Let's see our next segment after this. Where do we go after this? Oh, this is so good. So, now, yeah, people at home, the reason up. why I, I'm loving this is because... He like, loves it, to see me squirm. Uh, you know, is that uh, in your uh, list, top five list of me? or It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I've known Jason for a long, 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 long time. And Too in that time, long. I think he's been wrong three times uh, in box office predictions. And this is one of the reasons we had this segment uh, is because he's renowned at, at being very close to the mark. And uh, I just love, I love that, um, that, you know, the first film, like you would with any friends. You know, you don't want the best for your friends in life, don't you? Of course you do. I was being ambitious on it, and I actually had a inflated number, but it surpassed that by. Well, it will surpass that by double in the end. Yeah. So basically, in box office predictions uh, every week, we're, we're going to ask Jay to. Um, Is this a long story or? No, it's very short. Very <laughs> short. But we're going to ask uh, Jason to predict what the film will do um, in Australia the US and, and if it needs to be maybe the UK, maybe worldwide but only if the film calls for that otherwise we're going to stick to Australia and the US um, and then we're going to look at the film again when it finishes its cinema run and hopefully uh, sounds fascinating <laughs> it really is though I'm not much of a numbers guy uh, but I really enjoy when he when he talks about this with me over the past in the past so um you know, I just want to see if, if you guys have any better predictions. If you hear a prediction that Jason has and you disagree with it or you agree, hey, jump on our, um, our Instagram or Twitter and let us know about it. Uh, but basically the game is that I get to choose whether Jason is too far outside of the boundaries. So, for instance, if he picks a film in Australia that's going 5 mil and it hits 7 mil, on one film that might be okay. All right, you get that. That's your point. You can have that point. But maybe because of whatever rationale I bring up, and that's the beauty of it, guys, is I get to choose what the rationale is. Yeah, it's completely subjective and in your favour. <laughs> maybe that uh, two minutes outside silly. of five is not good enough. Yeah. So um, that's what we're going to do week You're to week. squashing my passion. Like, I love this, and now I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm deflated. <laughs> Scared every time we come into it. Uh, and then right, let's go. What, what movie do you want me to do? What are we uh, doing? Right. Well, I think we've reviewed it, and uh, I think it's right at the beginning of its run, so there's no advantage to anyone here. Uh, let's go with American Assassin. Oh, cool. Yeah, no worries. All right. Well, this is easy, I think. Um, well, easy one to explain. Uh, I think this will be around a 10 to $15 million opening in the US, uh, say $2 million opening here in Australia. I think it'll end up at around that, 45 to 50 million dollars in America, maybe 55 actually. And I think it will do around six, five point five to six million in Australia. I think it will over index ever so slightly because we're going into school holidays here in Australia. And I reckon the teenagers gonna run out and see their mate Dylan O'Brien. So I'm giving that just an extra percentage there. Okay. Um, so put me down for fifty five million. US. Yep, 55 US. And put me down for uh, 6 million Australia. 6 million Australian. Okay, so 6 million Australian, 55 million US at the end of its cinema run. Uh, I, just, I don't know if I caught it before, but in terms of it for Australia, what's the... What's it up to? Oh, what do you want to know about it? I want to know. <laughs> I, I'm going to stick to this all night, but no. I actually am interested. Uh, you said about 13 mil for Australia. What is it up to in Australia? So uh, it 
did $9.7 million <laughs> in Australia last week. I mean, who would have thought a horror film would do $9.7 in its opening week? I can't yeah. believe that. Look, for audiences around the world, I mean, crazy. Jay, you can correct me. Feel free to correct me here. But, you know, Australia's a fairly tough nut to crack, you know. We don't mind a little bit of free downloading. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we're yeah, the number that, one per capita on Game of Thrones. Yeah, and that, that that's the whole in the world. That's a whole nother, um, uh, again, episode one day, maybe. Yeah, uh, we, we might just stay clear of that and leave that to the papers. But uh, basically, the fact is, is that to get money at the at the box office uh, is sometimes a little bit harder than the rest of the markets around the world. Yeah, is I, that yeah, I think that's that's a fair call. In depends on the film, I think you know. Yeah. Um, it's certainly a very, uh, very polar opposites in in Australian films. So, uh, some dr- Australian dramas do extremely well if they they cotton on yeah. and have a strong word of mouth, like Lion, a la Lion. Ah, uh, Lion. Yeah. They did uh, well over thirty million dollars, which is an ama- amazing result. And Dream uh, uh, Dressmaker, sorry, yeah. Dressmaker did over twenty million. Um, but then you know most Australian dramas struggle, and that's our own that's our own content. That's our own content, yeah. yeah. Okay, six million Australian, fifty-five US for American Assassin. What do you have? Let us know. Maybe I can get a, a point for that one. Get myself on the board. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You want to break the duck egg. Yeah. You don't want to go two and zero. Oh no. Early. Don't want to do. Well, no. hang on. I haven't gone one and zero yet. Yeah. You can't have. Man, this podcast won't be going by the time we wrap up here. <laughs> <laughs> You might have to do a pants down, run around the table. Um, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. We are about to go into our home entertainment. Home entertainment films of yeah. last week. What do you got? What do you got for me? Well, number one, uh, we've already spoken about this film a little bit. Number one is King uh, no, <laughs> Number one is the Mummy. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Should I see it? Look, it's. I'm not saying it's a bad film. I think it's actually a, a, a very easy watch. It's 97 minutes or something. It flies by. Oh, yeah. You know, and um, they cram a lot into that time. But I would have actually rather a fleshed out version, to be honest. Yeah. But we got what we got. And it's still not a bad film. It's just not fully realised for me. So it's not the, the greatest film either. It seems like a great, like if video stores were the thing to do all the time. Well, yeah, no video stores, but just home entertainment. Oh, it's great for home entertainment. Perfect. Yeah. And that's why it's doing so well. And that's why it's number one. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Um, and also I want to see it for that scene where they um, uh, flew up 60 times or however many times. Oh, airplane. yeah, yeah, the zero gravity zero scene. Gravity, Very yeah. good scene. Yeah, I want to see that. And that was something that Tom, you were talking about earlier, about Tom Cruise having something in mind. I think that was one of those things he carried yeah. on. He did, yeah, he brought from, it across. From Mission, yeah. <clears throat> Number two is uh, is uh, Baywatch, which we talked about briefly last week. Yep, still haven't seen it. Great, uh, again, a great rental title. Just, yeah. Yeah, a great home entertainment title. I think I get two freebies with my new subscription, and Baywatch is going to be one of them. Yeah, look, I I loved the first half of that film. I thought it was a lot of fun, the whole recruitment and training part of it. But then it just derailed into you know mindless action territory in the second half, and lost me. Can I 
All right, fine. Can I ask a question about uh, The Rock? Sure. I love him. Right. Could you ever force yourself to hate The Rock? No. It's that, impossible. Right. That's my point. It's impossible. Put, uh, I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone who said, The Rock is shit, man. Like, have you ever seen Tooth Fairy? <laughs> well, yeah, I have. <laughs> that's getting close. <laughs> no, that, that's the point. Yeah, like, that's a film probably that his worst film, right? Adults should not like. Yes. But, like, and, and people skip over it, I guess, because it was The Rock early going in the film and he had to do what he had to do to, to break into film. Oh, I loved but him in Walking Tall. And he's so good. Oh, Walking Tall, the big yeah, planks of wood. Walking to the Jungle or people. Rundown. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Now that is for me where he announced himself. Yes. Oh, God. He's so charismatic, man. And the thing is that he deserves it because he works so freaking hard. He he yeah. sleeps like three hours a day and just gyms, movie. And mind, mind you, through all these movies he's punching out, which are massive mega budget movies, he's also got Ballers, his TV show on the run. Yeah. And he's so heavily involved in social and, you know, all his social media. How does he do it? Yeah, I know. He's he's just a genius. Uh, yeah. So I've got a, another question for you. If you and I were going to dress up for a um, a party, a, you know, sort of dress up as your favourite I could not look or, like The Rock even not, if I tried. No, but if you and I wanted to go dressed as something around The Rock, what would we do? But you can't oh. both go as The Rock. Would we do the rock and sock connection? The rock and sock connection. <laughs> WW. <laughs> There's only one period in my life where I was watching WWE. Yeah. And that was actually that period. Hence, you asked the question. But I loved um, Mick Foley. Totally <laughs> exactly right. And uh, if if you're gonna go dressing up as Mick Foley is basically dressing up as a rock in this. You know that they, they were the best um, tag yeah. team duo. He's um, not the god, but he's a god. Yeah. So for any of you who didn't watch WWE. E back in the day, um, you should look up on YouTube. Uh, there's actually a lot of fun um, clips of the, of both of those guys up there. You know, I'm actually um, giving up the WWE tonight for this podcast. You know oh, that? that's right. Yeah, you yeah. had tickets to to go and see them. Yeah, WWE in uh, Sydney. But uh... well, thank you to whoever gave those to you, and uh, thank you for coming here instead, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Thank you. I'm, you know, I'm drinking Asahi, one of the best beers in the world. I'm talking to a, a great mate who has a list on me <laughs> <laughs> about my performance or something, a performance list, things that I should improve in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like we have a totally different relationship. <laughs> Trust you to go straight there, right? Yeah. Anyway... Where so we? where were we? Did you get through the top five? Uh, no. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we hadn't gone past number two. <laughs> this is meant to be the, the smallest uh, segment of the whole podcast. Right, what's, what's number three? Where we number three is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Still watch it. That's going to be the second freebie. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk about this movie a little bit when we review... Kingsman, that's all I'll say. Um, so see, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, he's already, like, he just teases me that little bit. That's on the performance scale, his teasing skills. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the number four is uh, Snatched, which we talked about yeah. last week briefly. The sequel um, to Snatch, yep. yep number, the yep. third best comedy of the year. What? Yeah. Um, and number five is my favourite. John Wick, Chapter 2. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hope that has a few more weeks. Somewhere it's actually got five. legs. It's uh, staying around the top five because it's actually been out for four weeks uh, and it's still in the top five. But believe it or not, Snatched has been out for five weeks and still in the top five. But, that, you know, everyone loves a no-brainer comedy on a Friday or Saturday night, right? That's right. And uh, speaking of Friday, Saturday nights, people like to have a few drinks. You and I like to have a few drinks. We're drinking right now. So now we're going into our last segment of Two Drunk Guys. Oh, and oh, <laughs> I missed my cue. Sorry. We'll do it again. We're going to go into Two Drunk Guys. And the bucket. <laughs> Conditions apply. Don't look at it on Google. <laughs> Drunk guys and the bucket. Yes, this is where we uh, we pull uh, a name, a word. What do we pull? A, phrase, a name, a word. A yeah, phrase. just letters that are joined together, really, out of a bucket. And what do we do with that word, Jay? We dance, baby. We just dance <laughs> around for like ten minutes, talking shit. <laughs> Absolute shit. Not that the rest of the podcast has been in anything particularly <laughs> anything different. different. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but we like to, you know, just see where we can take it. You know, maybe we'll end up at Kevin Bacon. Maybe we won't. Yeah, and I mean, I think the the real goal here is how much beer can we drink from during this segment? Now and, yeah, 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 yeah. Or during this segment, I'm yeah. almost out. So to finish, we can have one of mine if you want. <laughs> oh, good. It's a five hundred. That's all right. I don't mind a five hundred. I like, I like it when it's bigger. <laughs> what? Okay, like, you can see, we're off. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to reach into uh, the bucket here. We're going to pull out a word and we're just can going to... Can you describe to... the bucket to me? So the bucket... all the uh, listeners can get a visual? Sure. It's a red bucket. A red bucket? <laughs> and there's two guys? It's, it's two guys and there's a red bucket. And the bucket is plastic. How deep is it? I wish uh, it's. How deep is it? In fact, it's it's too deep because I've only got ten words in there, and the bucket could take probably ten thousand words. Yeah, so we've only got ten words. So <laughs> therefore, let's encourage our listeners uh, to send in ideas. Well, that's right. And I chuck mean, them in the red bucket. After the last episode, I had a few people write in, oh, which was nice, uh, nice, and that's why I've got ten words. So what did they come up with? Pick one. Pick one. Well, yeah, I got to pick one. All right, here we Does go. Does everyone win a prize? No. No. <laughs> there are no prizes to this segment. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, <laughs> this is just our nostalgic trip down memory lane, or is that said when I say nostalgic? <laughs> <laughs> is that a double entendre? Uh, no, that's. Not... Does that sound like I'm just rolling up paper? It kind of does, did. but I think I should just pick it out of the hat. Yeah. All right. It's a bucket, man. What do we got? What are we talking about? All right, the word. Tonight, yeah, is window. Is what? Window. Use it in a sentence. I <laughs> have a window. <laughs> and how do you spell it? <laughs> See, what I'm trying to do here, folks, <laughs> is I'm trying to buy myself some time <laughs> to think yeah. about some stuff. W. W, yeah. I. I. N. N. D. D. O. O. W. W. Window. Window. Okay, cool. I got it. Yeah. Um, much like uh, my beer glass <laughs> is made of glass. <laughs> nah. Much like 
a window. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the worst sentence. So what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you say the word window? I have a lack of imagination, and you know this, uh... In these times, you know, well, I, I don't have a list on you, but so I don't. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just trying to be nice. Uh, I I have a couple of things to come up, and the first thing okay. for me was secret window. <gasps> wow, that's Quite the first. Thing, well, that's the first thing to come up with me. Actually, really, right? Yeah, Johnny Depp. Yeah. But I mean, that, I guess that's kind of obvious because window is in the title, right? That's what I'm saying. I'm quite literal with my yeah. words, and I'll yeah. go to if that. If there was first. a horror movie called Window, that would have been the first thing that came to my mind. But there wasn't. But there was a secret window, so that was the first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was the first thing that came to yeah, my mind thr- as well. It's a thriller. I mean, it's it's sort yeah. of trying to you know get towards a horror, but it's not horror. No, it's a thriller with, uh, I guess, horror elements. Yeah, you know, look. Based uh, on Stephen King, I think. Yeah. I think the only thing we need, we need to talk about here is Johnny Depp. And yeah. why is Johnny Depp so weird right now? Why is he weird at all? Well, he, he was uh, refused entry into our country only before the, the making of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> was it? No, he wasn't refused entry, was he? He was. I thought he was allowed in and then his dogs were threatened with death. Yeah, so then he yeah, went out and then, no, no, there was... Um, sent their dogs home. Was it yeah, Barnaby? there was a reason why he wasn't allowed back in, though. Something to do with... Oh. I mean, look, we all know that he's probably tapped up a few drugs in his lifetime. Maybe. Maybe he hasn't. He said that he has an infatuation with red wine. Yeah, I mean, that's an, a fairly obvious one, right? Like, right. Uh, his whole... Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> they say that it's it was method. actually method based on um, was it Keith? Uh, yeah, Richards. Richards. Rolling Stones. Yeah, but that was a red wine walk <laughs> that he had. Yeah, uh, what a great character though, Jack Sparrow, the first Pirates. That was a brilliant character. And you know, what? I make fun of him, right? In like that, and because of that that character, and uh, uh, the first one was really good, and the second one, third one, whatever. It, it's there for. Teenagers and a bit of fun. Yeah. But Johnny Depp, whenever I see him turn up in something, like almost fist pump in the air, like even no one's around. I'm like, yes! Like, because you know that something's coming. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so unfortunately, the only one where that did not happen is for one of my favorite directors oh, of all time, this? Kevin Smith. And he did yoga hoses. Oh, yeah. The things that we do not speak of on this podcast. Well, you know, look, you know, yoga hoses wasn't up my alley. I, I, he, get, no, I gave hang it on. a go. Hang on. Johnny Depp was firstly in Tusk, yeah. which was uh, the first of um, Kevin Smith's Northern Trilogy. Yeah, yeah. He, he makes, uh, you know, I'm not afraid to say I love listening to Kevin Smith. I love listening to Hollywood Babylon with Ralph Garman. And uh, shout out, yeah, big shout out there. And uh, they, oh fuck, I forgot what the fuck I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm at right now. Well, we're talking about Johnny Depp in yoga hoses and fucking Task. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he makes uh, fun the whole time about how Justin Long <laughs> will tell you how um, don't be in a Kevin Smith film. Uh, you know, you no longer have a career. <laughs> and he, you know, he, he's self-deprecating like that. I think that's kind of why I like him but um did you ever see Black Mass yes yes yeah. so Whitey yeah that was a return to form yeah only recently it was uh 2015 yeah 
So Black Mass was great to see Johnny Depp back at his uh, best. You know, we, we we need more of that Johnny Depp. Less Tim, I, I love Tim Burton. <laughs> Guys out there, I love Tim Burton. Not saying anything else, but obviously they've done a lot of collaborations with uh, John, Johnny Depp and Tim Burton, and you know, it'd be nice for them to move on. So you right. know, before you're talking about your uh, darling Darius O'Boyd, what's his name? Who? The guy from The Maze. Oh, Dylan O'Brien. <laughs> What'd you say, Darius O'Boyd? Darius O'Boyd. He's an NRL player. Well, that name's not exactly an NRL player, but I played off it. But anyway, what'd you say? Dylan O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah. So We just talked about it like 35 minutes ago. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I'm... More than 35 minutes ago, but anyway. <laughs> well, you're saying it, Dylan O'Brien, it's, it's his you know way of coming out from the teenager films and announcing himself into these more realistic yes. films. <laughs> I just want Johnny Depp to do the opposite. <laughs> I want go him back. to go into a rom-com I know, that is right? straight down the line. You know what? Bring Meryl Streep in and make it sort of a... Cause, you know, Johnny Depp's, what, 50 now? Yeah, Got to sure. be. Well, and, more so. And what's Meryl Streep? 55, 60? He's 54. She's 54? No, he's 54. He's 54. Yeah. And Meryl Streep Meryl Streep oh, is... Meryl's older than that. Somewhere, isn't she? Yeah. But whatever she is, I want the film to be about... It's a rom-com and it's a tug of war. Meryl's but, 68. So here we go, right? Here's the story. We're going to have uh, Johnny Depp in a love triangle with Meryl Streep and Jack Nicholson. Right. I <laughs> see. The possibilities. Didn't that happen in Something's Gotta Give? That's pretty much the same thing. It was Keanu Reeves. No. It was Keanu Reeves in that character and Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Fine. Diane Keaton. Yeah, Diane Keaton. It was the same premise. It's been done. Keanu Reeves? Yeah. He was a doctor. Yeah. Um, it's Keanu Reeves. I mean, it's been done, mate. No. Oh, I'm sorry, but... It, what Hollywood's going to stop because it's been done? Well, that was a really good film. So no, no, no. But Hollywood's going to stop Maya because it's been done. Nancy is one of my favourite... Uh, yeah, keep talking. <laughs> romantic yeah. drama directors. Let's stop at Harry Love Potter you, Nancy. 13. Love you. Um, look, Johnny Depp will add something. He needs to go into something nicer. Not Alice in Wonderland nicer and weird. Right. Just yeah. a normal character again. Yeah. Like um, Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably as normal as we get. Now, this is from a place of love, Johnny. In case you're oh, listening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We love you, man. We love you, brother. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, right. So what else did you... Did you get anything Well, it's funny. My journey with the window as we've been talking, my journey has been... Uh, went straight to Secret Window, which was interesting that you did that too. Yeah. Then I started thinking about literal windows, right? And the first visual I got was um, the Amateurville Horror. And the be- and the window that was so striking, the two windows, sorry, that yeah. acted as eyes in the house of the Amateurville Horror, which yeah. has been remade as well with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, so I kind of yeah. went with that as a, uh, as a literal meaning of uh, windows. But then from there, I started thinking about windows. And then <laughs> I thought... I want to sell windows. I, I I, then windows. I thought... Who was the first director or what was the first film where a camera went through the glass window? It's got to be a Zemeckis film. 
Right. So has to be, right? Right. Well, hang on, there's someone else. I went straight to Zemeckis <laughs> and I went uh, yeah. maybe Forrest Gump or What Lies Beneath. It was around that time that he oh, was experimenting with cameras going through walls and windows and that. And who else was doing that? David Fincher, Panic Room. Yeah, okay. Do you remember that? Probably his weakest film from, a, I, I guess, a statement point of view, but he was throwing tricks everywhere with the camera, if you remember the camera going through the building. and I, and I don't. I, it's a long, long time. I remember loving Panic Room, but yeah. So I think it's either with What Lies Beneath, Forrest Gump, or uh, um, what was it? Uh, sorry, What Lies Beneath, sorry, Panic Room. <laughs> um, it was one of those three films, I, I think, that was the first time we saw a camera visually go through glass. Yeah, okay. Through through the uh, CGI, through use of uh, CGI. CGI, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, oh. I'm, I'm feeling as far as come. What was that, 94? And then What Lies Beneath was a bit after that. It was a bit after that because it was definitely while I was working. What was the, the other um, one, Panic Room? So Panic Room was uh, 2000. Oh, okay, 202. Yeah. And now, well, can I just say that anyone who's thinking um, of seeing the film with Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling coming out called Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049. 2049. If oh anyone's thinking God. of seeing that, oh please, if you like Harrison Ford, um, in, in amongst, like, he was really good and then he sort of disappeared a little bit. Yeah. And now he's coming back in, you know, Star Wars and, and whatnot. So he's all these franchises, yep. Yeah, but still he's he's a good character in those. Yeah, yeah, of course. This was a film that just sort of What Lies Beneath? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, what what oh, a great thriller. It was so good. Yeah. For those who haven't seen What Lies Beneath, uh Zemeckis shot it in between Castaway. So when Tom Tom Hanks was, you know, hundred and ten kilos or whatever uh, as a FedEx employee, then went on the island. He had, they had six months off and he shot what so lies beneath so he could lose all the weight and came mm. back and finished Castaway. Um, and what a great little movie What Lies Beneath was, you know? Yeah. Great yeah definitely thriller. go and see that. That's, um, if that was at the cinema, I'd probably say go and see it at the cinema. Or a Blu-ray. Yeah. A really good Blu-ray night. Like, a, you know, I can watch that again, though. I haven't seen that for a while. Mm. And, and, and do you know what? Even though I said Panic Room is one of... Fincher's uh, weakest. It's still a really great watch. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's still easy to watch. It's fun. It's it's yeah. kind of quick. It's yeah, I, I liked it. All right, so we've gone. So that I'd like way. to confirm that I want to okay. know. So yeah. what we'll do between this podcast and next podcast, I think we should look up exactly what movie was the first uh, for the camera to go through the, literally go through glass in a window in a film. I really want to know that. I'm, I'm saying it's going to be Forrest Gump. But I'm, the more I, I think about it, maybe that didn't happen in Forrest Gump, but I've got a feeling it did. Say again? I have higher aspirations in life. <laughs> <laughs> when, you put it to, when you put it to me like that, I feel really shit now. Uh, I'm sorry. Don't, this don't, is what excites me Don't come me down in where life. I live. Yeah, yeah. Don't come down where I live. It's not good. This is what excites me in life and everyone <laughs> listening is going, who gives a fuck? <laughs> who gives uh, a fuck, Jason? But we're talking about windows. Allowed, That's the whole you, point of the bucket. Are you allowed to be um, Dustin Hoffman anymore in Rain Man? Are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to say 50, 52 cards without, you know, because it's Being such offensive. a precious world uh, now? I'd say, no, you're not. No. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, because I, I, I wouldn't gamble it, mate. I wouldn't. That's I know. Yeah. I know. Because too I high risk. Give it a little bit. I'll give it to you off, uh, off air. Right. <laughs> a little bit of dust. But everyone knows. I'm just going to give Jay some Dustin Hoffman Rain Man. Fifty to cards. Off air. So okay. you started it. You know. Right. Just, you know I'm just. No, um, I'm actually just quoting a movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's also what a I great would be movie. Doing, just yeah. with a lot of gusto. <laughs> um, okay, so. Can I go into what else came to me? Like, sure. Again, it's, it's yeah, that, that's me to date. I, I don't have much else going through my brain. All right. Well, I've got one. That I'll, I'll be very quick with it. Yep. Um, and that's Rear Window. Yes. Right? Yeah. And the reason why that, it came to me, it's an, well, it came to me because the window was in it, but it's important to my life. Uh, and I can't believe that didn't come to my Yeah. To me, yeah. enjoying um, films. Because, you know, uh, for any kids listening out there, you know, I, I grew where are you up going? where well, I grew up. Are we going in, in a, a voyeuristic that, route? Well, I grew up in a household that still had black and white TV uh, okay. up until I was about maybe twelve or thirteen. Um, right. And okay, yeah. And I would I wasn't allowed to watch. You know, we, we didn't have on demand, and we didn't have all that sort of business. So uh, we we didn't have a VHS player uh, at that time. So you had to rely on what was on screen, and. To get your channels, you had to tune it in with your, you know, your own fingers, like manually actually turn it left and right, much like you would a radio station. Well, even radio station. So elect- electrocution button. risk. Yeah. So you tune it, you know, with, anyway. So basically the point is, is that you had three or four channels that you'd watch and uh, because there was only one TV in the house, I'd never get to watch TV and so whatever. And rear window was on loop. So, well, <laughs> I, uh, I happened to... Uh, sneak out of my bedroom one night and my dad was up late watching a tv and i spent the whole time and i i say that he didn't know about it but in my heart i wish that he did know about it and he just thought this is such a great film i'm gonna let him watch this i was laying behind his couch he had like one of those sort of one man couches that only <laughs> only man sits in that sort the of king thing. the king's chair yeah yeah that's sort of 1987 thing. Yeah, you know i'm sure a lot of people grew up with that and yeah. so i sort of you know army crawled out to it thinking i was stealthy like and as i said I, I like to like to think that he knew i was there and just let me watch it but yeah are we uh, talking the uh 1954 hitchcock version that you're watching if that's when it came out yeah, yeah. uh it's certainly um like you know on our screen it was Black and white, and yeah, okay, so old. that's Hitchcock's, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, was definitely, what, it was definitely Hitchcock, yeah, right, because there was the remake. Remember the yeah, Christopher, Christopher Reeves Reeve, yeah. remake? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it wasn't. I, you know what? I haven't seen the Christopher Reeve version. I've seen that one. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. And, look, it's okay, but it's not Hitchcock. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the first time where I saw a film and I just thought, you know, wow. Like, so oh, wow, so I like this. So this is a this is this is another podcast. I guess, like films that influenced you, right? Yeah. And so you're saying that this could be one of the first films that maybe ignited your passion for film. Is that, I call is it that mature what you're film rather than adult film because we're going to wrong territory, but mature film that I'd seen. That right, because you'd seen family or kids' films prior yeah, you know, to like, that. You know, my, How old are you when you terrible. snuck? You were 19 when you snuck behind you. <laughs> I was about 13 or 14. Thir- right, okay. Somewhere in there, 12, 13, 14, I can't remember exactly. 14 is pretty old to be sneaking around, to be honest. Sure, you know, um, but that's, 
I mean, those are the rules. I might my add house, that to my so list. I don't know how else to answer that. Um, you know, you're allowed to run well, out. I'm going to add that to my list of concerns <laughs> with you. <laughs> that was a late bloomer. Um, hey, uh, <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Uh, so anyway, I watched it. It's I laid there. I watched fault. it. I snuck back into my my bedroom, and uh, and it was just, it's a moment that always stuck with me. Um, because I just, you know, I'm not going to give it a review. Everyone knows how good that film is if you've seen it. Sure. And if you haven't seen it, please watch it because it's the most simplistic idea. And, um, you know, a guy bound in a wheelchair who is watching this, uh, murder case and, um, unfold, unravel, unfold in front of him. And it's brilliant. It really is. Yeah, it is brilliant. Yeah. Hitchcock is brilliant, man. Oh man. Like like the birds. Oh, everything. Psycho. have you seen it today though? Have you seen the birds today? Uh, no, I haven't seen birds today. I've seen Psycho today. Yeah, uh, and that's that's great. But so but good. more importantly, even if they don't, sorry, I think you're maybe going down the uh, point of it's aged. The bird. I, I don't know. That's no. what I'm wondering because oh, okay. I haven't seen it. Oh right, okay. So I'm thinking what what I love is how influential. Hitchcock has been in even modern cinema. Like you look at yeah. M Night Shyamalan, man. You know, he is majorly influenced by Hitchcock and there's so many other directors out there who sure. who paint the same canvas, you know. Yeah. No, he was very good. Um, now, you mentioned you didn't have anything else and I've got one more. Sure, what is it? Uh, and this one, funnily enough, goes away from any window in the title. So what's the point? Well, it's just, it's that vision that you see when you say window, something came up and I love comedy. You know, and uh, that's why this year has been such a struggle for me because you said Snatched is the number three, three comedy yeah. for 2017. Horrible. It's a hard year for comedy. Tough. So this film, again, if you've watched it in the last few years and it's the first time watching it, you may feel it's a, it's a silly comedy. But when you first saw this film with Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz, it was one of the top films of the year. Um, and that was Something About Mary. Something about Mary. Yeah, now the reason why I pictured that is because you remember that little Jack Russell and they throw the ball out the window? Oh, yeah. And he just sort of chases it. But there was no window. Yeah, it was just a, it was kind of an open window, yeah? Yeah, oh, it was an open window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't smash through the plaster. window. Yeah, yeah. I actually watched uh, Something About Mary with uh, my youngest daughter probably about three months ago. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And first just, time? Uh, first time for her, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just she's mid-teens yeah mid-teens so she's 16 and it was a bit weird for her but I think she got a laugh here and there she was certainly intrigued by the film yeah Uh, you know that Farrelly Brothers humour that we talked about with Dumb and Dumber earlier on how'd she go with the um, the classic um, hair gel um, she went fine, but dad was a bit, how you doing? Mm, yeah. <laughs> While watching it, I was like, oh God, here we go. But no, <laughs> This was, is what dad does before uh, every time he goes out for a date with mom. <laughs> that is not where I was going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why does he spend half an hour in the toilet? Empty out the tank, brother. Yeah. Uh. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the Frankenbeans. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, <clears throat> that film, uh. I don't know, like, I love Dumb and Dumber, obviously, it was in my top ten, and I saw that and I rolled around everywhere. But this is, I, it's funny, it's not It's not going to be near my top ten. Um, there are many more films before that, but I did laugh at this almost as hard uh, as Dumb and Dumber, but I feel Dumb and Dumber had so many more lines I could bring away from it, and it meant more to my life. This film, uh, 
you know, it was gross comedy with uh, the zipper scene, you know, and getting the skin. There was a few, probably a few more shock moments in something about Mary than Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. But overall, Dumb and Dumber was more quotable. Um, do you feel that the, the Farrelly brothers, who directed all of these things, yeah. do you feel that this is the point where they started, like they, they'd used all of their um, ideas in terms of dialogue? Yes. And they were relying heavily on what they're quite famous for, which is, you know, slapstick, gross slapstick humour. Is that the film that we're saying is their change? Something about Mary? Yeah. Was there the last of the... The incident? No, it was a time that they started relying more on slapstick um, oh, well, type humour. Or... I think Dumb and Dumber's got a lot of slapstick though. No, definitely, but it had yeah. a lot of dialogue yeah. in there that, that backed it up. Whereas, did something about Mary have that dialogue to back it up or was it... Look, they were movies of their time, I think at the time, something about Mary. Something about Mary is a bigger film than Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, but, but that's it's the more way successful. it works, right? Like, right. a director makes good film, good film, good film, th- gets a lot of money thrown yeah, at them, sure. and then they make something that's generally subpar. Yeah, I think... Um, I think well, look, I certainly think they went downhill from after something about Mary. They still had a few decent films, but they were a, bit of, a little bit tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like Stuck on You and... Where else was there? What was that... Um, what was the film with... <laughs> The uh, about the farmers, uh, you know what I'm talking oh. about. Um, had I've, one of I've wiped that from my memory. Oh, really? Do you know where I'm going? Is that the though? twins? No, I said Matt Damon? stuck on you. That that was stuck. That's on Matt you. Damon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, I. You know, that, that doesn't matter. Have you got anything else to go to the window? I've got um, one other thing I just want to quickly mention, but it's. Kind of irrelevant. And we've just hit the two-hour mark. Yeah. <laughs> so this one is um, – the only other thing that I think of with Window that come to my head was um, Dario Argento is a, an Italian horror director. And he's done a couple of classic scenes with Windows, right? Yeah. And one in particular was he was a classic was movie. Was he Secret Window? Huh? No. No. No, he did like um, – he's done like uh, – the movie I'm about to talk about is uh, Suspiria. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Suspiria? Oh, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. No. Yeah. So anyway, there's a classic uh, window scene there where um, her head gets decapitated uh, through falling through a window. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Great. Yeah. Great Italian <laughs> horror. <laughs> Lovely way to end the podcast. Yeah. I'm glad we got into that one. Yeah. Uh, right. So everybody, thanks for joining us for this uh, episode of... I'm going to call it now two drunk guys off topic. <laughs> um, and uh, if you have anything to comment about on this episode, then please write to us on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And I wasn't paying attention, so. Goodbye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like the show, why don't you head on down to Facebook or Instagram and look up Off Topic with Two Drunk Guys. You'll find us there. We're going to be throwing up some extra content. Or if you just want to have a general chat, 
write to us to let us know how you feel about the show or any suggestions, why don't you email us at twodrunkguysofftopic at gmail.com. Oh, look at that. Emails already. And so as not to forget, Facebook, Instagram, Off Topic with Two Drunk Guys. See you next week.